0: Hello, my name is Hayden Berry. I'm the thought leadership and content lead for Capgemini's business services marketing team, and I'm here with the global process owners for our new DGEM offering, Greg Baitup, Ramakrishnan, and Caroline Schneider. Welcome all.
1: Hi, Hayden. Glad to be here.
2: Hello, guys. Welcome to the podcast.
0: Thank you very much, Hayden, and thank you very much for the great introduction. So earlier this year, Capgemini released a report, re- Reimagining Finance for the Digital Age as part of this report and the research behind this, we had a look at what organisations were expecting out of uh, automation. And by automation, I mean anything from platforms to artificial intelligence, to RPA, etc., and how that, um, what their expectations of those new technologies would be. And it got us thinking about, well, our global enterprise model, which was released on the market six or seven years ago um, and has evolved, how that should actually evolve now with this new technology coming into play and how that will evolve over the next few years as well. So we went back and had a look at each of the seven levers of the global enterprise model and rethought how each of those would change. So, for example, how our grade mix would need to change based on improved spanner controls because we have artificial intelligence undertaking or RPA taking on some of the... um, uh, lower end tasks how our location mix would need to change based on different skill sets are available in different locations uh, how our skills and competencies need to change um, what's the pricing model that actually needs to support this so you know how do we build in the cost of um, or how, how do we look at the costs of these platforms for example so we took all that and we embedded it into the what we call the digital global enterprise model. so we've really put technology at the heart of that now. And the other levers will now evolve around those or adapt around those. So, Rama, against that backdrop, how do you see R2A evolving?
2: So, Greg, uh, these are interesting times. Uh, as you said, uh, the industry is going into more of automation-focused or automation-first approach. So, in the R2A areas, I see multiple opportunities. So, if we use our DGEM methodology, which is having all components of ESOAR, eliminate, standardize, optimize, automate, robotize. I think there is a lot of opportunities. So if I take a couple of examples, for example, if you take a journals process, I've seen many of our clients passing so many journals. Actually, I've heard some vice-person saying journals is a accountant's mistake which you are trying to correct. So there is a low-hanging fruit of putting a threshold and trying to reduce the number of journals you pass by using the e-lever of eSOR and again if you look at uh, optimize there are uh, clients using erps but uh, we have seen many of the clients not using all the key functionalities which are available within a erp for example within sap there is a functionality of idoc if you activate it a lot of your transactions are posted automatically if i go one step ahead if you look at Automation There are multiple tools available in the market, and Capgemini also has multiple tools in our apps hub, a tool like Trintech, which can automate the process of account reconciliation management or the actual process of reconciling and clearing the open line items in the accounts. So, with DGEM, I would only say that there are more and more opportunities of doing ESOR and making your processes lean and world class.
1: Yeah, I mean, I think the evolution of GEM to DGEM is, is pretty exciting in relation to Order to Cash and Credit to Cash activities. So, you know, historically, the approach to Order to Cash was really focusing on how can you get team members with the most experience and how can you optimize the process so what the team's keystroking and the activities that they're doing are standardized and repetitive and, and, and dependable. And with DGEM, it's really about how can we automate first? So how can we look at virtualizing the tasks that team members have historically done in a manual way and doing them much faster? You know, really looking at what are, what are the team members analyzing? What are they actually doing in the system? Who are they talking to? Um, what are those controls and touch points? Putting a technology wrapper around those activities and really delivering such different results than we'd ever been able to deliver to our clients before. So it's really, really exciting. You know, even implementing technology like voice bots in the collections process and collections is typically one of those areas where historically, you know, nobody really thought you could you could digitize a lot of that work because it's customer interaction activities. But we found... With things like self-service portals, with voice bots, with chat bots, um, with robotics replacing those activities like emailing and, and reading emails and responding to emails and doing a lot of that back-office work, you know, it's a really exciting journey that the explosion of digital is going to allow us to deliver to our customers and our clients over the next few years.
0: Yeah, and I think within the within the source to pay, within the procure to pay space, it's. It's actually a very interesting conversion that's, that's going on at the moment. So from the transaction processing area where we've traditionally been quite manual and it's been very slow to adapt to even things like um, optical character recognition with uh, with invoices coming in through a scanned image or a PDF, um, that's now being taken on a lot by robotics. So RPA is starting to become very prevalent there as well, as well as um, intelligent character recognition. Uh, which has been maturing for a number of years. But at the same time, um, the uh, electronic invoicing is starting to really uh, start to accelerate. It, it's technology that's been around for 10 years, but it's starting to show, show real results. And I think people are making the investments upstream in the processes as well at the same time and linking that to their procurement function to be able to drive uh, that those changes required to reduce the exceptions, which... Have traditionally been the weak spot where I think something like electronic invoicing has um, has come into play. I think the other interesting thing is around within the procurement space is, like you said, Caroline, about the collections is um, things like guided buying, so using you know the traditional catalog uh, space within that procurement area to then um, use a guided, bro- a guided buying process with artificial intelligence and. You know, um, uh, in, um, interactions like chatbots, for example, to help users actually find the right thing that they want to buy, and even help a, um, a like a call center operator or a procurement help desk operator actually help the person find what they're looking for as well. So it, it's coming at it from two different angles. So, yeah, so it is quite uh, quite exciting. So, so but but obviously. It's not just about technology. Um, we still have people. Um, what do you see, uh, Caroline, as the um, as the impact on the people? How will jobs change? You know, what, what does the finance team of the future look like with all this automation?
1: Yeah, no, great question, because it does look different. So when you have all of this automation, you really need... People with the right technical skills that understand how to manage that automation to be part of your core team. So, historically, you know, whether it's in the industry or, you know, within business services, we typically have a delivery centric model. You have a pyramid, like you mentioned earlier, where you have delivery folks with a delivery skill set managing all of the activities and including automation. And in the future and with digital gem we've realized that you do need almost a, a virtual delivery center you need a team that understands how to manage the platforms how to optimize the platforms how to make sure that our clients are using all the functionality and their erps and they're managing the rpa and even the fallouts from that tech, uh, from those from the processing that ha- that occurs on a daily basis so a big part of your team will be automation governance and ensuring the throughput of automated transactions, coupled with what remains of your delivery team, which is a much higher skill set of team member that's focusing on the complex tasks. Um, So it's definitely a balance between those two teams, but it's pretty exciting how our team designs
0: will evolve with digital. And Rama, within R2R, how do you see that changing?
2: I completely agree with what Caroline said. In, if you look at R2R, traditionally it's a record to report, right? But if you look at the composition of the effort within record and report, typically you will see that uh, around 70% of the effort is on recording and only 30% of the effort is on reporting and analysis. However, after automation, this... The ballgame will change so what we are seeing is uh, the time spent in recording transactions will reduce however the time spending in uh, reporting and analyzing these transactions will increase so what we want to do is we want to change the balance to 30 percent record and then the balance should be report and analyze again if you look at a typical process like intercompany where there is a huge amount of effort spent in recording transactions if you look at the future of intercompany wherein we have all the erp functionalities optimized if you have a good workflow or you put a blockchain to ensure that the transactions are recorded correctly in both the books so i would see the team cut down into half plus the team doing more value-added functions like monitoring the exceptions, analyzing these exceptions and ensuring that you meet the KPIs, which are uh, having a nil overdue position and having a clean and hygienic books of accounts. So that's how I see it. So in summary, the focus will shift from recording to reporting and analyzing, which is the cream of the process.
0: Yeah, and they're traditionally in some cases, areas that haven't been focused on before. So they're the areas that um, organizations probably haven't done as much of and they probably should be doing more of. I think one of the interesting aspects of you know where this automation is heading is we're getting back to the bare bones of being able to process transactions and deliver finance activities with you know as fewer people as possible. And what's left over, as you said, Rama, in the first place, is what can be eliminated. And that's both things that shouldn't be done, so setting thresholds where transactions don't need to really happen um, because they 're not material, or uh, as i alluded to earlier, upstream problems on you know things like within the procurement space, for example, or uh, you know with our customer customer transactions where you know and we have disputes later on, so I think that that's getting that will get a lot more visibility and on top of that, the analysis that we get, we're able to perform now with the data available and the tools available will also help um, be able to identify where those issues are, and that's where a lot of the focus on the teams of the future will be i believe is in addressing those issues and reducing those exceptions further so a, a, a constant eliminate if you like so which brings me to uh, a further point then so what does it actually mean for our clients and the outcomes they can expect and um, also what what sort of challenges do we think they'll face in implementation
2: yeah so in terms of the client again it, it is a exciting times to be a client if you ask me because as as we said it is all Uh, the industry is going towards automation first so there is a good amount of excitement within all of our clients or most of our clients Uh, so one key benefit uh, which you can get out of this automation first strategy and ESOR methodology is that it gives you opportunity to look at the end-to-end process in the past there was a huge focus on what the service provider is doing now it gives you a good opportunity to analyze the end-to-end process And see how you can make it lean by doing changes on the client organization side and also on the service provider side so that is one key value which comes out of this entire methodology point number two uh, as your processes become lean then there is a good chance that you can move to a hygienic books of accounts and your value at balance sheet value at risk reduces to a minimal value And third is, again, as your processes are lean, they are geared up to be scalable in the future because many of our clients acquire companies. So when you acquire a lot of companies, it's easier when you have a standard process with a standard technology to embed the new company into your ways of working. That becomes very, very easy. Come to think of it in the in the past it was very difficult to integrate any new company within your fold because you will end up creating the 35th process for that new company all said and done this also comes up with certain challenges the key thing what i would state as a challenge is the change management because when you are eliminating things automating things there is a huge amount of change management effort required to be put for example imagine a client of ours operating in 75 markets globally if you want to put a tolerance for journal entries it's not as easy as sending an email communication on a policy and incorporating it so it's very important that the change is managed carefully because each country will have some legal requirements or challenges or change management requirements so it's important that the change is understood properly it is communicated and cascaded Properly within the client organization and then you execute the change uh, we see the challenge with multiple clients of ours that's why we also help our clients in change managing the entire transformation program the second key challenge which I see is full alignment with the IT organization of the client because as and when we are in, in incorporating new technologies within our process for example if you take a technology like blockchain, not many clients of ours are conversant or not many IT teams within our clients are conversant about the blockchain technology in terms of what are the benefits which it can bring to the table, how it can help us make the process lean. So it's very important that we get full alignment from the client IT teams in all our projects and they are important stakeholder within all our transformation projects. So these are some of the key challenges which we observe in today's world.
1: Yeah Rama I I agree and I think you hit the nail on the head with the the transformation piece and the change management requirements. I think you have different paths you go for you know an existing client versus a, a new client on their transformation journey. I think it's easier to build a house than remodel the house. And I think we've all heard that analogy a few times when it comes to transformation. So it's a lot harder to change existing processes, you know, when they're already solidified when you're dealing with global teams versus taking a step back, spending the time to really do that ESOR analysis, to do the transformation upfront. And to your point, make sure that making sure that you have full engagement with the IT teams and technical folks because if you really focus on digital, it is a much bigger investment up front with the technology and shaping the technology um, and automation to make sure that it virtualizes that process early. Because change manager change management is harder, you know, to, to ongoing. And I think when you look at emerging technology and how emerging technology will impact processes, you mentioned blockchain, and I know you're doing a lot of work in R2R with blockchain. We're also exploring blockchain for order to cash. And you know that's a huge leap in digital digitizing transactions, because when you're talking about blockchain, you're talking about how do you eliminate exceptions. Where historically, our models have been around, how do you solve exceptions faster? How do you move them to the owner for resolution quicker? So, you know, things like emerging technology, AI, blockchain, et cetera, will make a huge difference in our delivery models of the future.
0: It's an interesting point, Caroline, about the, um, you know, at the moment, our, our focus is, as you said, managing the exceptions. And in the future, it's more about, re- you know, eliminating them all together. Our focus should be there, so... Yeah, I mean, in terms of what it means for clients, I agree with both of you. I think the um, change management, again, is very important. I think understanding who the key stakeholders are, obviously IT is one of those key stakeholders, um, but the business units, um, if you're especially in the procure to pay space, the procurement organisation is sometimes um, outside the finance organisation. So you need to think about um, about the stakeholders that need to be engaged and brought into it as well. Uh, And I think to Rama's point earlier, those end-to-end key metrics are very important. So, you know, not only looking at how fast we manage to resolve an invoice or how fast we manage to get a purchase order out the door, but actually how many of those, the key metrics should be, how many of those purchase orders actually get out the door and paid um, without having to get touched. I think, again, looking at those end-to-end is important. I think in terms of outcomes, I think there's... A lot more focus on the value that we can actually bring to the business or that automation can actually bring to the business outside efficiency. I think as efficiencies get tighter, as those back office services start to reduce in size, um, I think the focus is then on value um, that we can actually drive and, and bring. So um, things like working capital, uh, speed to speed to market, those sort of things will be more, become more important in the future as we uh, deliver these operating models. Um, lots of good food for thought there about uh, how automation will actually impact our customers, our um, our clients, uh, and obviously all the key stakeholders involved as well. Um, I think there's there's also some good things to think about for uh, for future discussions as well. So um, how we use some of these how specific technologies uh, such as blockchain, artificial intelligence, for example, uh, will make you know will make impact um, within. Uh, organizations going forward and how the, how we can also make them successful um i think talking about the, f- the speed of change as well will be important too so so we look forward to seeing you on the next podcast
2: yeah greg, thank you very much as i said at the beginning interesting times ahead
1: thanks greg really appreciate the opportunity to talk about the impact of digital and the order to cash process so thanks